Since the beginning of civilization, strange events have left people questioning what is real and what is sheer coincidence. From hidden history and conspiracy theories to ghost stories and demonic encounters, follow us on our journey to uncover the truth and bring a light to the darkness. Welcome to the seventh layer. Do you believe? how Athena made an appearance or at least we name dropped her because you were like Athena don't do that and Maddie was like yeah that's typically what's said when it comes to <laughs> Athena Athena no Athena why <laughs> Athena don't do that <laughs> that's any cat ever though I, I feel like so much. <laughs> speaking of kitties uh Sassy is nearby she's she's so loud she snores it's so funny. <laughs> I love it. My cat snores too. Yeah, we think she has asthma or something. Oh no, I didn't know cats could have asthma. Apparently they can. She has she she wheezes, she snores. Apparently having a lot of like coughing up a bunch of hairballs is a symptom of feline asthma, which I didn't know. So there's that. What in the world? She went through a time where she just kept on coughing up hairballs, and a lot of them on my bed. Ew. It's not fun. Why why do they do that? I, uh, the last time she did it, I ended up tossing her off the bed. (laughs) She's, like, hacking, and I'm like, no! Get away! (laughs) No, we're not doing this again! She threw up in front of Jenna's bed. Oh, no! Ugh. That's awful. I hate walking downstairs not knowing that a hairball has been done, and then I step on it, and I'm like, that, I will never recover. You just gotta cut the whole foot off. Yeah. Who who needs it anyway, you know? <laughs> it's been contaminated. <laughs> oh my gosh. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't even know. We should, we should get into it. We should, we should start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much of that are you going to keep in? I don't know. We'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the first ten minutes. It's just hairballs, throwing up, coughing up. Athena, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, actually, this episode's about cats. Um, It's just us talking about cats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I could go on a while about cats, though. I I really could. Bonus episode. It's literally just rambling yes. about our cats. <laughs> I I could spend a very long time doing that. Hey, that's what we give away for the Patreon. Yes. If you, if you subscribe, <laughs> if you join to our, our Patreon, Patreon. <laughs> then you will get to listen to us talk about our cats for thirty to forty-five minutes. <laughs> no, we should have one where we invite people to talk about cats with us. You have to like cats, though. There will be no cat slander. Let's start, shall we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back. This is Emma and my co-host. It's Fiona. What's up, y'all? How are you doing? How have you been lately? Uh, dying, drowning, suffering, you know, gra- tip- typical words that go along with being in grad school at the end of the semester. Yeah. My first semester, too. This one class in particular has me absolutely dying and it's harder than i thought it would be i i i just i am suffering and praying that i come out with a b 
because I need to keep my GPA up for my graduate research assistantship or I'm screwed. But my other classes are fine. How are, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I am just trying to get through Greek at this point. I've registered for my classes in the fall. I'm excited about that. Me too. I saw the FNAF movie, the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. <gasps> Me too. I, oh my gosh. Uh, it's it so good. So I'm good. so glad the strike is over. Oh yeah. Because now they can talk about it and I'm just like, yes. Show me all the behind the scenes. I want to see it so bad. I want. I might I rewatch it. Honestly, it. I didn't see it in theaters. I watched it on Peacock, but it was Halloween night, so I think that makes up for it. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna take my brother to see it in theaters because I'm like, this is one that has to be. Like the middle schooler in me was dying of just joy. Exactly. It was so good. Oh, I'm Chip so... plus Josh Hutcherson. Hmm. Oh, oh that man. <laughs> that man. Uh, I love him. <laughs> I was honestly, the thing I was most excited about was seeing Matt Lillard playing Afton. Yes! And oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. He did such a phenomenal spoilers. job with it. Holy crap. I realize we should probably say spoilers because okay, yeah. spoiler it's not I've... revealed. It's not revealed until the end of the movie. <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of known. No, I mean, exactly. I already knew. I think everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, I already knew. Yes, it's supposed to be a big reveal, but also, like, everyone knew before the movie came yeah. out, so. he's literally listed, he's literally credited as Afton something, whatever. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so good. I don't want to, like, reveal too much, but. Oh yeah, so actual spoiler alerts for the next, like, five minutes. Um, if you haven't seen it, just skip forward a bit. Um. Yeah. But. The whole thing with Vanessa, I didn't know where they were going to oh go with that. Oh my god! At first, and then I didn't actually... either. See, I just thought they added her because you know security breach, which I also thought was weird that they added her. I had a I was theory like, okay. that she was deeply connected to Afton. She's I I don't remember where I got this idea because I know that it was it was okay. Actually, they did bring it up in a fan made game. I can't remember which one it was, um, but. She in the in the fan made game. She was obsessed with bringing Afton back from the dead. Wow! But when I was watching Security Breach, for whatever reason, I just got that feeling like she's got some connection to Afton. She is deeply connected to to Freddy Fazbear's, and I'm just like, and about halfway through the movie, it's like she's gonna be related to him or something. Like what? What's with this? And then she was. So, see, I I thought it was weird how shifty she was acting with all of it. Yeah. I thought maybe the children were, like, her friends or something that went missing. Like, she had a connection to the kids more than Afton. Mm-hmm. And then when they revealed that, I screamed. I was like, no. well, I quietly screamed because my grandparents were both in bed and my brother and I were downstairs. So, you know, yeah. we we had to be quiet. But mm-hmm. that when that movie finished, my brother and I just sat. Like, we weren't even. I was like, oh, I know there's, like, an end credit. So we were sitting once the credits started rolling processing and then after that scene we were still just sitting there processing and then the music started my brother was oh like my gosh, Fiona, yeah. that's the music that was the song that like, i wanted them to use and it starts playing i'm like oh my gosh they did it there were two things i wanted no them no, no to do. not not the not the living tombstones one no wait what was it the puppet music <gasps> oh no they did do the puppet music i forgot that they did that 
Well, I it took me a second to process when the Living Tombstone song was playing, and I was like, oh my gosh, they did it! Like, yeah. all, like full circle. There were two songs people were written the for that Balloon Boy scene. Oh yeah. After the Balloon Boy scene, when my brother and I were sitting there and we were like processing, and then suddenly that the puppet music starts playing. He's like, Fiona, that's the puppet music, and I was like, it took me a second. I'm like, oh my. And then, yeah. see, we heard it. It also took me a second to process because this was like midnight. Um, that there were letters, and then the song, the movie ended before I could rewind. So I went back, watched two minutes of ads, and then fast forwarded <laughs> through the entire movie to get back to the credits. Had my phone out, turned captions on. So we can figure out what it was saying. And we were like, what does that mean? And I was like, I swear I've heard it somewhere, but apparently not. But I swear I've heard that somewhere. But then when I Googled it, I didn't see anything. But I'm like, I swear I've heard something like that somewhere. But also, I heard somewhere that one of the actors signed a three-movie contract. So I think cause if it's based off the book, if it's based off the books, there's three books. Well, see, which that I've last books, scene with but. him in the, like, storage room where he's, like, on the ground dying. Yeah. Like, he he literally said, I always come back. He's coming yeah. back. You, which means you don't just get rid of him. Yeah. Which is interesting because I heard that this was supposed to be Scott Cawthon's last project, but then a pa- some of the other things said that he was like like three or four other games were in development games yeah he's got some other games or books was he part of security breach I oh can't yeah remember was that i'm pretty sure he was because i thought at, i thought there was a thing at one point where he was canceled and he wasn't doing stuff anymore uh, i think he I was swear getting he was canceled. canceled and then all of that got cleared up because why are you gonna cancel scott cawthon yeah it was like a whole thing. I remember it happening. And I was like, okay, y'all, you will cancel over anything. Yeah. I don't know. It's a wild time. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy because they did the two things that I really wanted them to do that I honestly thought they weren't going to, which was the Living Tombstone song at the end for the credits and the spring walk scene. And they were, they did, mm-hmm. they did it. And it was kind of graphic, which. That entire movie was graphic. A girl got bit in half. Oh my like gosh. No, my gosh. And a guy said... got his face chewed off. Yeah. Like, that entire movie was graphic. When she got bit in half, I literally, I was just like, was that the bite of 87? Dude, my brother and my jaws dropped and we just stared at each other. I thought it was her head at first. My brother's like, no, it was half her body. Literally her torso. Oh my gosh, I've been following, I've been following that actress on TikTok. Not like following her, but she shows up a lot and she's been hinting at being in it, but because of the strike, she couldn't. And she finally posted something today and everyone was like, the moment I heard the strike was over, I came right, I came right to your page. And like, everyone's ready for it. So it... I just, I love that movie. It was so good. All right. We've been talking about Five Nights at Freddy's for like 15 minutes. Wait, did you have something else to say? Because we should probably get into it. No, no, no. I, we're, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. All right. So today we are going to be talking about something that I have been very interested in ever since I saw the movie Haunting in Connecticut, which is the Snedeker family. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not. It's really good. It's interesting. It's kind of creepy. It's kind of gross. I don't think I've heard of this before. Yeah, so... Ooh, okay, I'm excited. 
So this is another case that was covered by, like investigated by the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine Warren. So for those who don't know, Ed and Lorraine Warren were renowned paranormal investigators who gained fame for their involvement in various cases, including the Snedeker House investigation. So the Snedeker House, also known as the Demon House, was the subject of one of the most well-known cases, which inspired the book In a Dark Place, The Story of a True Haunting, and the movie The Haunting in Connecticut. So, in 1986, the Snedeker family, consisting of Carmen and Al Snedeker and their children, moved into the former Hallahan Funeral Home in Southington, Connecticut. The exact names of the children involved in the events vary in different sources and adaptations of the story, which is interesting. However, the commonly mentioned names of the Snedeker children are Philip, Bradley, and Jessica. Hold so, Philip is... What? Real quick. Did you say they moved into... I had to process this for a second. Did you say they moved into a funeral home? Yes. What? Why? It was no longer a funeral home when they bought it. The guy... And I'm gonna actually get to this. The guy who ran it I was, like, long gone when they moved into it. Yeah, people back in the 80s weren't that smart. But there were still dead people in it at some point. I mean, I guess... Yeah. Okay. I feel more if than you, you move, think. If you move into a house, there's probably a good chance that there's someone has died in it, unless like it's a very new house because people die a mm-hmm. lot. But but like a funeral home, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Please continue. I <laughs> I had to process that for a minute. You're good. You're good. Okay. So a little bit about the children, um, Philip. Uh, he reportedly experienced significant paranormal phenomena while living in the house. Bradley also experienced a lot of paranormal activity, and so did Jessica. And she, but she was, she's believed to have been the niece of Carmen and Al. So she wasn't actually one of their children, but she was a child, So and she lived in the house at the time, allegedly. Interesting. Okay. These three children played a central role in the reported hauntings and were among those children and were among those who claimed to have witnessed supernatural occurrences and been affected by the negative entities residing in the house. Shortly after moving in, they began experiencing disturbing and supernatural occurrences. The family claimed to have witnessed apparitions, levitation, mysterious shadows, and other terrifying phenomena. Allegedly, the Snedeker house was not only haunted, but also had a dark history. According to the Warrens, the former funeral home was once used by a necromancer and mortician known as Johann Joseph Hoffman, who had conducted occult rituals and sinister practices there. Ew. Ew. No. Bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So the Snedeker family reached out to Ed and Lorraine Warren for help. The Warrens, known for their expertise in paranormal investigations, visited the house and conducted extensive research. They believed that the Snedeker house was infested by a malevolent spirit and demonic entities. During their investigation, the Warrens claimed to have witnessed a variety of supernatural phenomena, including poltergeist activity and physical attacks on the family members. They performed a series of exorcisms and cleansing rituals to try and rid the house of the negative entities. So, yeah... That, that's just my introduction for it. I think, I don't remember what else I had this, and I'm really hoping that I don't repeat myself. Um, before I get into the details of this case, I just want to bring up how interesting it is to me how frequently children are the victims of demonic activity. Children are super impressionable. They're like little sponges. Yeah, like, I feel like children see a lot as a kid, as kids. Like, you hear it quite frequently, 
that mm-hmm. um it's they they see ghost people a lot more than regular people do like they have imaginary friends but they're like actually talking to something or they'll be like yeah it's the man in the corner of my room and you're like no what like kids kids see a lot more you gotta throw the whole kid away (laughs) i don't think that's how that works i don't think that's how that works hey if my child starts saying mommy there's something up on the ceiling no there's not no there's not we're gonna go to the hospital now no yeah if see it's worse with cats bringing cats back into it like i hate when they just start staring at something that's not there either in the hallway or in a corner or behind me and i'm like stop it stop staring there's nothing there stop it like cats and animals in general and children have that sixth sense and i'm like y'all are freaky like what is what is wrong with you excuse me and children are also like it's like you know how like if a kid hears a curse word from an adult and they and if they're not told to say it they'll say it again and if people laugh they'll think that's positive feedback and they should keep doing it mm-hmm. so dark forces can also very easily influence children yeah as someone who works with children i hear so many stories and i see it firsthand like that kids hear everything and they will repeat it and then you have to be like no don't say that (laughs) that is so bad do not like they are so like again as someone who works with them almost daily they are so impressionable i dropped my mic it fell off the desk (laughs) Uh, (laughs) okay but yes kids are very impressionable i mean granted i work with kids six and under but still they hear everything um yeah i swear there's a point to bringing up children being impressionable um please continue i'm so sorry yeah (laughs) no you're good um so i think that it's like probably a metaphorical thing because okay so satan's one goal in his existence since the fall or since his fall specifically is to take god's children away from him um like as many as he possibly can and if demons successfully take a literal child, physically or mentally, it tortures the parent. In a similar way, if Satan can lead people away from God, it hurts God. Anyway, that's just something I found really interesting. Um, I feel like that's kind of, like, a little off-topic, but I just wanted to bring that up. I hate that. I hated everything about that. <laughs> yeah, it's super fun. It's, it's just so fun, isn't it? Ugh. Satan is gross. <laughs> All right, let's get into the Snedeker case. Yes. So, the Snedeker family, who had been experiencing disturbing events in the house, reached out to the Warrens for assistance. The family had... I'm definitely going to be repeating some stuff. It's fine. I'll figure it out. Um, So, the Snedeker family, who had been experiencing disturbing events in the house, reached out to the Warrens for assistance. The family reported a wide range of paranormal occurrences, including apparitions, mysterious shadows, disembodied voices, and physical attacks. Ed and Lorraine Warren visited the family and began their investigation. They spent significant time researching the history of the property and its previous occupants, including Johann Joseph Hoffman, the alleged necromancer and mortician associated with the house. That's fun. Did you say necromancer? Mm Mm-hmm. That's fun. That's that's a fun time. Mm-hmm. Totally not bringing anything 
dark or whatever. Through interviews with the Snedeker family and their own observations, the Warrens gathered information about the reported phenomenon. The details surrounding the Warrens' investigation of the house and their alleged experiences with the supernatural phenomena are primarily based on their own accounts and the information presented in books and interviews. So, in this case, one of the children, often identified as Philip Snedeker, was reported to have had schizophrenia or displayed symptoms that were interpreted as such. Schizophrenia is a complex mental disorder characterized by a range of symptoms, which could include hallucinations, delusions, disorganized thinking, and difficulty distinguishing reality from fantasy. According to the accounts of the Snedeker family and the Warrens, Philip allegedly experienced intense paranormal phenomena and was particularly affected by the negative entities within the house. It was suggested- Remind me how old he is? Uh, we actually don't have ages for these people right now, but I think he was the eldest son. If anything from the movie was accurate, um, he was probably in, like, his late teens, maybe getting into college age. Okay. Um, and the niece was probably around the same age, and, uh, what was her name? Jessica. Um, and the other one, Bradley, was the youngest, I think. And I'm not 100% certain on that. Yeah, there there are no ages listed that I could find when I was doing my research for this, which was a while ago. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, it was suggested that these supernatural occurrences exasperated Philip's mental condition or were sometimes attributed to his schizophrenia. The reported experiences of Philip included witnessing apparitions, being tormented by malicious spirits, and undergoing episodes of possession-like behavior. These events were presented as part of the overall haunting and disturbances within the house. It's important to approach these claims with caution, though, as the exact nature of Philip's condition and the extent to which his mental health and the extent to which his mental health might have influenced the reported events remain subjects of debate and interpretation. Which, understandable. Yeah. It is also worth noting that the connection between mental health and paranormal experiences is a complex and controversial topic, with varying perspectives within the field of paranormal research and psychology. I actually have a book on this that's, um, oh, it's, I don't want to get up and find it, but I don't remember the name of the author, but he's a demonologist and psychologist, and he, the whole point of his book was, like, to try and debate paranormal, like, possession, or demonic possession, and, like, mental health and mental disorders, because there is a lot of supposed possession cases that actually end up just being, like, schizophrenic or faked, and so the whole thing with Philip having schizophrenia makes this a very interesting case. I've never thought of that before, like, mental health having an impact on paranormal situations. That's never really crossed my mind before. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, that being said, as with the entire Snedeker House case, it is important to consider multiple viewpoints and assess the available evidence critically when examining the reported details about Philip's alleged schizophrenia and its relation to the paranormal activity described in the context of this investigation. So, about the mortician Hoffman who used the home while it was a funeral home, the information regarding him and his alleged involvement with the house is primarily based on accounts on, on the accounts provided by Ed and Lorraine Warren during the investigation. 
However, some of the historical details may be difficult to identify independently. According to the Warrens, Hoffman was a necromancer and mortician who operated in the house when it served as a funeral home. They claimed that Hoffman engaged in occult rituals and sinister practices within the premises. Ew. Yeah. Um, Contributing to the house's dark history and potentially attracting malevolent entities. This sounds so bad, but if you're going to practice necromancy and do all the occult stuff... A funeral home or a graveyard are probably the two best places to do that, you know? Yeah. But, like, I feel like a funeral home, (laughs) like, no one sees what happens there. It's behind closed doors. You have all the dead bodies. Like, unfortunately, that's probably the best place to do it. I'm not agreeing with the man. This is not me agreeing with the man, but it is probably the best place to do it. Probably. He knew what he was doing. Listen, he... I have nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Warren... So the Warren suggested that Hoffman's activities left behind residual energy or a connection to the supernatural, which may have been a catalyst for the reported hauntings experienced by the family. (sighs) I'm looking through this. Oh. My notes here. Yeah. And I don't know why, it just, it looks like I keep repeating myself. What did I write? I don't remember writing this episode, if I'm being completely honest. That's not good. I remember doing the research, and that's it. (laughs) Emma, were you possessed while writing this? I might have been. I might have (laughs) been. Okay. Uh, I'll just cut out anything that sounds like I'm repeating myself too much. Alright, the Warrens suggested that Hoffman's activities included- I literally said this! Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds a little oddly familiar. I've said that like four or five times, what the (laughs) heck? Occult ritual- what the hell? What time did you write this? That's literally the same paragraph I just read. I'm not even kidding, that is a copy of the paragraph. During the investigation words- What did you do? Okay, 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 here's something new. I don't know what I did. I think I might have moved some stuff around and just forgot to delete the, pr- the paragraph that I moved. Because I, I would, like, select the paragraph, copy it, move it somewhere else, and have to go back and cut it. I guess I just didn't cut it. That makes sense. Okay, okay, so we are getting up to something that's actually really interesting. <gasps> I'm excited. So, during their investigation, the Warrens claim to have personally witnessed, personally witnessed supernatural activity including the poltergeist activity, objects moving or being thrown around, unexplained noises, and apparitions appearing to the family members and themselves. They described the presence of negative and malevolent spirits within the house. According to the Warrens, they witnessed and documented instances of physical attacks on the family members. These attacks reportedly included scratches, bruises, and even more forms of assault allegedly inflicted by the malevolent entities present in the house. So... Very typical, yep. Mm-hmm. Classic demon. <laughs> oh, demon. <laughs> Classic <laughs> demon. <laughs> We're gonna be such serious ghost hunters. Oh, yeah. The demon's gonna get tired of us. <laughs> Speaking of demons... Oh, I'm ready. According to the Warrens and the family, the Snedeker house was allegedly haunted by 
a malevolent entity referred to as a bizu. I might be mispronouncing that, but it's a demon, so we don't worry about respect. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the last thing I should say. <laughs> Emma, you're gonna get us killed. I'm, I'm gonna die. I am simply going to be slaughtered. Um, so Abizu- I need to add that to quotes. <laughs> Abizu is often described as a demon with a dark and sinister appearance. Wow. Which one isn't? Oh, wait, Lucifer. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Wait, um, what? Sorry, repeat that? Oh, I said Abizu is often described as a demon with a dark and sinister presence, and I said which one isn't, and then I said, oh, wait, Lucifer. He's literally described as an angel of light. Yeah. He is the prince of the day, or of the sky. Air? Prince of the air. Isn't he, like, super hot? <laughs> Y'all should see Emma's face right now. Fiona, you're not allowed to say that! I'm sorry! (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's sacrilegious! Isn't he described as gorgeous, though? Isn't he literally literally described? Have you seen that one picture of the statue? That somebody, some sculptor made a statue of Lucifer for the church and they got upset because they said he was too hot and so they commissioned (laughs) his brother to make a new one and it was worse! I saw that! (sighs) And there's also that one painting of him which is really good. I like that painting. No, but like he's literally described as just beautiful. He's just stunning. What a man. His personality is not. (laughs) he makes up for it in looks (laughs) we're going to hell do you think satan is flattered right now (laughs) i'm sorry god (laughs) i'm so sorry please forgive us for our antics satan's probably listening Um, to this and just like i don't know how to feel he he doesn't like god he and god are talking about this right now and they're like (laughs) i don't claim them (laughs) They're I'm like, them. we don't you know how to deal with this. <laughs> it's like, I think. <laughs> but also, if we're comp- if we're unintentionally complimenting Lucifer, a.k.a. Satan, do you think he's going to be nicer when we go ghost hunting and hunt for demons? Is he going to be nicer to us Maybe. or is he going to go the other way around? What have we come to? What have we... I feel like this whole section needs to be like put aside somewhere in a vault and then this is, in 20 years we open it. This is what ha- it's not even that late. It's it's like nine o'clock. Hey listen, anything said after eight o'clock, I cannot be held responsible for anything I say after eight o'clock. <laughs> I just can't be held responsible for anything I say ever. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I think I should, we should get back into the episode. We should yes, stop talking yes. about how attractive Lucifer is. Emma, stop! You're gonna get me going You again. started it! You started it! I know I it. did! I know I did! This is all your fault! <laughs> okay. 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 Demons, let's go. Abizu. Yes. Often described as a demon with a dark and sinister presence. In various mythologies and demonologies, Abizu is associated with different characteristics and behaviors. 
in the context of the Snedeker house, Abizu was believed to, respons- to be responsible for the disturbing and terrifying occurrences experienced by the family. The Warrens described Abizu as a demon who targeted the family, especially Philip, due to his vulnerability and susceptibility, po- possibly due to his reported schizophrenia. Abizu was believed to feed on negative energy and inflict harm upon the family members, leading to their intense suffering and the deterioration of their mental and physical well-being. As part of their efforts to help the family, the Warrens performed a series of exorcisms and cleansing rituals in an attempt to rid the house of the negative entities. They believed that these rituals would remove or weaken the influence of the demonic and malevolent spirits within the house. It is worth noting that this case and the Warrens' involvement in it have been met with skepticism and criticism. The skeptics have raised doubts about the credibility and accuracy of the events described, suggesting that they might be embellished or distorted. Others within the paranormal community have different interpretations or opinions regarding the nature of the phenomena experienced within the house. It is also important to note that the existence of a bizu as specified as a specified entity or precise details of its attributes and origins are part of the supernatural narrative surrounding the house it's and this case. These claims are primarily based on the accounts provided by the Warrens and the family and are subject to interpretation, skepticism, and differing beliefs within the paranormal community. As with many cases involving paranormal activity, the nature of the entities involved, including Abizu, is a matter of belief and perspective, and concrete evidence or widely accepted confirmation of their existence is often elusive. So, I don't have much I don't have many more details on the case so now we're going to kind of try and ease into the discussion part of this which I feel like I really sped through that but we're also an hour into recording personally I trust most of what the Warrens reported on this case and the cases that they do however it's always we should always approach it with a critical eye because like there's always fact going to be factors and suspicions of psychological factors and embellishment, misinterpretation, all of that. The Snedeker House investigation garnished significant attention and controversy. Skeptic, no, I'm not gonna read that. I'm not gonna do that. Ultimately, it's the Snedeker House, please. Ooh, I forgot about this. Okay, so something interesting is that there were photos taken during this investigation, which I'm actually going to give to you in a moment. Ooh. Um, once I read through this. Um, yeah, I can read this. Okay. Um, so let's discuss this a bit. Specifically, I want to bring up the demon involved. The current owner of the house, and no, it was not burned down like it was in the movie. Basically, the current owner of the house called BS on the house being haunted. Ooh. Call him out. Uh, Suzanne Troda Smith owns the house on... Meriden Avenue where the movie takes place. Um, so here's the specific quote. Uh, we've lived in the house for 10 years and it's wonderful. This is all Hollywood foolishness. The stories are all ludicrous. Which, that's actually kind of right. The events in the film are not exactly the same. Like I said, the house is still standing. Something that they included in the movie was that the all of the bodies that Hoffman worked on were like in the walls and like Philip went and took an axe or something to them and like all these bodies covered in weird symbols fell out and all of their eyelids were missing. He also found a box full of eyelids. Ew! 
Ew! <laughs> Ew! <laughs> That's that disgusting! Really that imagery! Ugh. Oh, God. It was really gross. Why? Like, like, oh, it, it's a really good movie. I'm never going to watch this movie now. You, no, you're not. I'm never going to. I mean, I didn't know it existed until now, but. So, yeah, the Warrens dealt with some scary stuff. And for those who don't know, the events in the Conjuring movies, most of them, if not all of them, did not happen. Because, like, the events that actually did happen were apparently too scary to be shown to the public. So, a lot of what you see in the movies didn't actually happen. Hollywood. Hollywood, yeah. So, I would like to show you some of the pictures from... I'm ready. ...the investigation. Let me see if I can find those. I'm nervous. Should I be nervous? Um, not really. So, here's a photo of the house. Um, it looks pretty normal. It, it honestly doesn't look like I mean, I can kind of a... see the vibe, but, like, honestly, it doesn't look that spooky. Yeah, it doesn't look too much like a funeral home. Um, so, let me make sure that something actually is the family. Um, I just need to go visit this website real quick. Because I found a photo. Oh, no, that's a photo from Australia. Well, there's another case that I can do. <laughs> so, this is a photo of... The photo I just sent is a photo of Carmen showing the coffin lift in her basement that leads up to the trap door in the master bedroom floor. Interesting. A coffin lift? Yeah. Huh. That's wild. So, yeah, that's about all I have with photos. There's really nothing else here aside from photos of the house. Um, here's a photo of the family. This is the clearest photo I can find. Remind me what year this is, since this is black and white. These are 70s to 80s. They contacted the Warrens in 86. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, do you have anything you would like to say about this episode? Any other input you have? Not really. I kind of said my, my- I don't think you want me speaking anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, we've had enough from you. <laughs> That's what everyone tells me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm a nuisance to society. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's an interesting case. That's about all I have to say about it. I said yeah, I've got nothing else on it. I feel like there wasn't as much in that as I wanted there to be, but... It's still pretty interesting. They actually were able to attribute it to a specific entity, which can't be said about a lot of cases I've been finding, which is interesting. Yeah. That's beside the point. Do you have anything to say about it? I've got nothing else to say about it. I don't really know how to wrap this up, being that my conclusion was basically trash. (laughs) I don't know what happened. (laughs) Okay, well, I I guess I'll start closing us out. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this and you, for whatever reason, haven't listened to our other episodes, make sure to do that. Emma, where can they listen? They can listen over here where I totally have my website pulled up. <laughs> okay. Well, Emma does that. Uh, make sure I to check it. us. Oh, never mind. Emma, go. We're professionals. <laughs> They can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast. They can listen. What was that? I'm gonna go jump out the window. No, don't do that. I'm gonna end it all. 
If you do that, I gotta do that. Come on now. <laughs> We're a ride or die team here. All right. They can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and eventually we will have some content on YouTube. We are also on Patreon now, where if you do the lowest tier, which is $1 a month, you get access to our Discord server and any promotional discount codes that we may get in the future, if we ever get there. Woo! Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Seventh Layer Podcast, uh, TikTok Seventh Dot Layer Dot Pod. You can email us at Seventh Layer Paranormal at Gmail Dot Com, and this the word Seventh is spelled out. It's not a seven th. You can follow us on X at Seventh Layer Pod. We are on YouTube at Seventh Layer. Our link tree is at the very bottom of our website where you can find all of our links, including Patreon, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Amazon, Google, and you can also donate to our GoFundMe to help us to run our website and keep our domain, possibly afford paranormal investigation equipment in the future, um, and X and YouTube are also on there. Make sure to rate us. It really helps us out, helps us get known. We will see you guys next week, and thank you for visiting the seventh layer.